Hello, welcome to Beyond Parenting. My name is Beth Hardy and I'm here to talk to you about parenting, what it means to you and different ways of looking at it. You may have broken free of the chains of the cycles that have been passed on to you from your family of origin, but are you stepping in the direction which is supportive of where you want to be? So we examine all things from things to do with partners, teenagers, younger kids, blowing your top, self-care and more. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Beyond Parenting. I can't wait for you to listen to our podcast today. Today I've spoke with Sandra who is such an incredible person and shows so such grace and poise and ability to remain calm in a storm and this is whilst having I don't even know how many animals she didn't even tell me how many um, I'm not sure she knows but also six kids so she had one and then she had a gap and then five in quick succession so she had five kids under five at one point so Oh my word, she has got a lot to tell us and it was so much fun chatting with her and learning from her about all the things that she does and how she does them. She also talks to us about um, what she has done um, with regards to picky eaters. So for all those picky eating fans or not, um, check that out to find out more information about that. And um, I do swear a tiny weeny bit, um, oops, near the very end, just just putting it out there. Um, so yes, enjoy, have fun, and we'll, yes, you will have a wonderful time. Hello, Sandra, and welcome to Beyond Parenting today. It's really lovely to have you here. It's so good to see you again. How are you doing today? I am doing great. It's been a little crazy this morning trying to get everyone situated, but hopefully no one interrupts. Yay! Let's hope. Let's cross fingers. Cross fingers. It all works out. Okay, so let's hear your story, Sandra. So you have kind of taken a lot of different paths in your parenting journey, and we'd love to hear how that started in the first place and then what you've gone on to do through that. Okay, so um, I used to always get teased when I with my first child that I I just didn't do everything how everyone else did that was around me, and they would they would joke about it because they're like, "Oh, your daughter's so perfect. She does this. She does that." Trust me, she wasn't. She <laughs> threw horrible fits at home. She just for some reason blessed me with being very well behaved in front of other people. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then my husband also gave me a hard time about um, sleeping habits because my daughter required a lot of sleep or she would just be a nightmare the next day. And so I was very strict about when she went to bed because it just made the next day so much better. Yeah. So there are certain things. And when he was growing up, they didn't have a bedtime. Like they just went to bed 
whenever. And that's kind of how the people around me were. They got their kids to bed whenever they got them to bed, which is fine because sometimes you just can't do it. Like sometimes there's meltdowns or sometimes you're out doing something with family Mm -hmm. and you get home late. That happens. But for the most part, I tried to be pretty consistent with it just to help her behavior. And then Mm -hmm. we had one for seven years and then we ended up having five right in a row. Boom, boom, boom. boom. Oh, wow. That was, that was different. (laughs) (laughs) So we had five, five and under at one point. Wow. I I had twins um, when my daughter was seven and then 19 months later had another one. And then like 20 months later had another one. (laughs) So oh my um, goodness. I was like, well, I'm getting older. So if we're going to have more, let's just, now. Um, let's do it now. <laughs> we'll just make it happen. I don't know that my body is very happy with me now, but. <laughs> so you properly went in. Is that, oh, hold on a minute. Should we have some more? Oh yes. We'll just have a ton of children. <laughs> exactly. And so, and of course, not a lot of people around me were necessarily having children one right after the other no really (laughs) so that also was different and then we went from living in town in you know we had a decent backyard but we lived in town in a two-story house in a neighborhood and then COVID hit and my husband was building us a house He's a contractor, so he's gone a lot and works a lot, Mm -hmm. but he was actually working on our own house um, in town that we were going to live in for a few years and then sell it and then move to the country. That was always our plan. We had a lot of kids. We needed more space. I, I grew up with living in town, but my grandma had a ranch, so I had, I had the best of both worlds and Mm -hmm. I wanted that for my kids. So He almost gets done with this big, beautiful house that I picked everything for, like Mm -hmm. everything down to wall colors, everything. Someone stops by one day when he's finishing up the house and offers him a ridiculous amount of money, like more than what we were going to sell it for in a couple years after we had lived there. Right. So he calls me and he's like, you're going to kill me. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) what did you do? He told me what happened and I, he goes, but I won't, if you, if you don't want me to, I, I won't sell it. I said, do it. And he goes, really? I said, I mean, we don't do everything else the normal way anyway, so we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. So at this point we're renting this house and the renters need us to move out because they have to move back in. So essentially we're looking at being homeless (laughs) during COVID when there's like nothing to rent, nothing, anything. And then uh, wildfires hit our area and like surrounded our whole entire area. Oh like goodness. we had to be inside for, I think it was like almost two weeks because of the, uh, the air conditions were so bad. Wow. Like it was gray outside. Gosh, gosh. It was, it was horrible. So during that time, so then we, we had a piece of property already that we were already going to move to. So I said that he could sell the house that we were going to move into yeah. if he bought me a manufactured home. 
that is already put like together it, we would call it a prefab in the UK but yeah yes perfect. yes yeah. a prefab yeah. mm-hmm. and so he being a contractor was like I don't want to live in one of those because I could build something better and I said the problem is is you don't have the time no because you just want somewhere to live please <laughs> exactly like we have to be out on a certain date you don't have time to do that so he agreed um, luckily we got the order in before everybody decided to do that after the wildfires because a ton of people lost their homes. And then of right. course, that's the fastest way to get a home. So then they were backed up like a year. So we lucked wow. out and got our order in before all of that kind of came to a head and people were like, oh gosh, we need a place to live. Mm. So... Then we decided we moved out here and within, I think, five months of getting all moved in and situated, we ended up getting one animal right after the other. Because <laughs> you, 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 like, you like to keep doing things. You're like, okay, I like yes. that. I'll do it again and again and again and again. Well, you have so many children and it's like, okay, if you let this child get an animal, what are you supposed to do with this child? And we say the age of nine is when they can get a child because they can take care of it basically themselves. Yeah. You know, they, they have to do the care, the feeding, mm-hmm. the cleaning, the, we, we provide the food <laughs> right? and they do all the other things. So we then just kept acquiring animals because kids kept getting older and, and and it's um it's been good though because it has taught them um to care for other living things mm-hmm. because as a child you can't really take care of another human that's just i mean not a thing but they can take care of an animal and teach yeah. them yeah to be to empathize if they get sick or to remember like oh your bunny could not live if you don't give it food and water and you know all the things that i think some people are are missing these days sometimes and that was the best way i could figure out how to teach my kids something like that and some good work ethic so they can be good members of society someday. right Sandra just personally I need tips right I've got I've got two kids who are well I've got three but two of my kids sort of demanded guinea pigs right we already <laughs> had to give them away at certain point give away some guinea pigs because they wouldn't look after them right we got guinea pigs later on now they're 15 and 12, so they're not young. My, this is my kids, not the guinea pigs. They would be dead. <laughs> <laughs> right. But they do the bare minimum, if that. Right. And I keep reminding them that they will die. I do that a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, what do I have to do? And you clearly have some secrets. So I need to know all of the secrets, please. Um, I am, I guess, not very nice because I have given away animals before. Like you don't take care of them. They can't live here because it's not good 
for the animal. Yeah. It's well, that's what I did the first time. Yeah, I did that the first yes. time for that reason. Mm-hmm. And then um, <laughs> they don't they don't get to do anything else unless the animals are taken care of. Like, right. Literally nothing. Like you're not watching TV. You're not talking to friends. You're not playing with toys. Like the animals, they're living things. They come first. Right. Just like mom makes sure that you're fed and taken care of before I send you somewhere or before I go somewhere. Mm -hmm. It is the same. It's the same thing. So if it takes you until noon to do it, then I guess that's really sad for you because you're not doing anything except for the animals. Yeah. And if you want to do something else. (laughs) So that. That has worked. I mean, different kids have different personalities. So some things work for some kids and some don't. And I've done a lot of trial and error and a lot of it has been error. I can be honest with that. (laughs) (laughs) But that's good, right? If we we are trying to be the best at all times, we're always going to fail, aren't we? Exactly. So, uh, you know, at least if we accept that failure is part of being a parent, then it doesn't feel so bad. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm okay with failing because lots of good things have come for me failing. Oh, have we got a visitor? I'm getting getting my water delivered to me. Oh, how lovely. (laughs) (laughs) One of the perks. So you mentioned there that sometimes like they might not do it till 12. Does that, is that like on a weekend or do you home educate yes. or? On a yeah. Weekend? On, a, on a weekend that would, that would happen. And that has very rarely happened because they have decided that that's not what they want to do. They don't want, like they can just, I'll just sit them on a chair. They won't do anything. Right. And they're like, they're not really into that. We have this beautiful land and all these, <laughs> all these fun things to do. And they're watching everybody else do all these fun things while they're just sitting there. And it really only takes once, maybe twice if they're having like, they're kind of like me, they're a little stubborn. So mm-hmm. sometimes they'll want to push back a little bit. But I always tell everyone, you just have to be stubborn, more stubborn than they are. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty hard sometimes, isn't it? It is. It's hard. It is not easy. I think a lot of kids like the stubborn, like they take it to the max, like my my kids do. Like my, um, one of my daughters, she's got pathological demand avoidance and she can do digging her heels in to spite herself for days so I'm not sure how I could get her to sit on the seat. <laughs> but see, that might not work with her personality. Yeah. Every kid, I have six of them and they are all different. Yes. All of them are, even the twins are not yeah. the same. One, something works with one of them, but it really sets the other one off in the wrong direction. And it's just, it's every single day is learning more like okay that didn't work well with that one I gotta try it a different way and then when you find something that works keep doing it until it doesn't and then you have to adjust because if you right. keep doing it and getting the wrong result I mean 
kind of the definition of insanity. Yeah. You got to try something different. Definitely. So how is how do you manage six conflicting needs at all times? It can get it can get rough sometimes because my oldest is 17 and graduating high school and my youngest is 4. Right. So right. I have I have like Although the teenager and the four-year-old are kind of at the same um, level with like emotions and stubbornness. Like, okay, <laughs> I didn't realize that because uh, my daughter was kind of like this at the age of four. I was like, the age of four is like rough for me <laughs> because they're already potty trained. They're very independent and they very much so have their own opinions, but yet they still don't have you know, all the capabilities of making correct decisions yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so have in this little tiny body. And now I have a big one just like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did she change over time and then go back to where she was? Yes. Right. Um, yes. <laughs> that's actually what happened. Um, she was really, really actually a delightful like younger teenager like would want to hang out with me all the time I mean she's funny and she's smart and she's all the like she's just a fun person yeah but then she hit the stage of maybe like 15 and she did not like me really (laughs) just all of a sudden I'm like this is a surprise to me you always want to be around me I didn't know I didn't know you didn't like so how did that feel after that Um, that was probably and that was during COVID also so that was that was a rough one and during that time um our youngest was like one and a half so I had this wow baby and then this teenager that didn't like me very much and we don't get to do all the other things that we normally would get to do I um decided to one of my children gets headaches frequently and so screen screen time is hard and it makes it worse for him so i also was homeschooling all six children at the time to save his (laughs) to save his headaches i didn't want everyone else on screens and then me trying to homeschool one and trying to juggle everybody's Mm. schedules with being on with their teachers and that just would have been too much i couldn't split myself that many times. Mm. <laughs> so that was probably the roughest time I've had yet in parenting. So sure. how did you so how did you manage that? Because obviously they were all wanting kids to be on screens all day doing the things, right? Yes, they did. So that's why I pulled them out of the public school and and then homeschooled them myself. Like I got the own, my own curriculum and I taught mm. them all at home myself. Minus the teenager, we got an online school for right. her, like in a charter school. So we we did that with her, but then everyone else I was teaching myself. Gosh. And that's from not having done that at all. So that was really in the deep end. And you're not able to get the support that, say, me, I'm a home educator. You have resources and stuff. But we closed all all our home educating place. We closed our doors to people because we were overwhelmed with other people trying to 
get our get on our resources and our time and we're like yeah but you're not actually a home educator you're 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 being schooled at home which is a different it's a different thing exactly actually taking the reins and owning the education of your kids which is what you did yes yes that's that's what I did so a lot of research a lot of planning it actually turned out really well. It could have been a complete and utter disaster, but it was a blessing because I ended up having to have a surgery and then another surgery. And then <laughs> and so it, it was good because then the kids could come sit around my bed because I wasn't able to get up and I could read to them and I could teach them and it, it, we made it work. It was not conventional in any sort wow. of way. <laughs> I love how you're juxtaposed that that the way you just said that, Sandra. It's like, yeah, it was really good because I had a lot of surgery <laughs> on my bed, and I'm like, okay. Well, I mean, if it would if they would have been on screens and I had surgery, I wouldn't have been able to be like kids would have to be in different rooms and here and there, right. and so it. I guess it just all worked out. It wasn't like a pretty sight. <laughs> but it all worked out the way it worked for us Mm -hmm. during that time because it was just there was so much going on with and my husband kind of really tried to do a lot with our teenager Um, he could Mm -hmm. take her to work with him because she was homeschooling and try and really he he took a lot of it hard because he felt like she was he wasn't giving her enough time and then the frustration came out on me. Mm. And so he was trying to, he was really trying to be helpful and take extra time with her and, you know, talk with her, spend time with her and things like that because he knew that I was doing all these other things with the small children and she didn't like me. (laughs) So, so he, he, he really was very helpful during that time and I think that even though he's not home a lot he does try to you know work as a team and it's yeah very helpful when you have someone that will work with you on your team yeah rather than you are you're doing separate parts of the of the parenting journey yes and we do have moments where we're doing separate parts where Mm. he's working and I'm just taking care of the kids and we see Mm. him when we see him it's all different seasons of life yeah but you just try and make it work and the kids are gonna love you even if you mess up so I mess up all the time so Sandra it's really interesting what you're saying about your experience because you have got the experience of being in COVID you've had to move into this prefab house you've had surgery you're suddenly home homeschooling your kids um, by yourself on your by your bedside how did you stop from going woe is me this is really shit. I can't <laughs> deal with it how did you stop that because I know everyone listening is like what is she superwoman like what what is this woman no, we're talking to? no no definitely not superwoman although like lovingly from a few of my very close friends that's what they call me because 
I'm like, but that's from the outside looking in. Like, you don't see all the days where, like, I didn't get a shower and I looked like complete garbage. Mm-hmm. And, the you know, all the other things that happen that are not so pretty. And I just, every, it could always be worse. That's what would get me through. It could always be worse. Like, what if I wasn't even here to homeschool my children? Right. Like, that wouldn't be ideal. So... If I can homeschool them from my bed, then that's better than me not being around at all. Totally. But there's obviously something from maybe your childhood or something that's getting you to see things from that perspective rather than the flip side of like, oh, my God, look at all of these things. I've got I know people in my life who, given your circumstances, would be like FML, right? The whole way. (laughs) FML, FML, like just all over. And and they would be a complete nightmare to be around because of that. And I have to say, I don't think I would blame them in your circumstances. Yes, I I agree with that. Um, My mom was a single mom of three children, Mm -hmm. me growing up. And she never complained she went to work. She supported us. We never went without anything. We lived in a small house in a small town, mm. but we never went without. Like, we weren't rich by any means, but she would always find a way to make us still feel like we were number one. Right. And so you always felt that. And so then you've got, the, you've got that within you to then mirror back to your own kids now. Wow. Wow. That's really, really powerful. What what a gift she's given you. I can see that's really catching you there. It's okay. Sorry, the, the coach in me gets people doing this. I'm sorry. I do this. That's okay. I do I'm this. human. I yeah, cry. exactly. Yeah. We cry because it's it's live. It's live. Yeah. It's it's tough. And keeping going is really, really hard because I know she could do it. I can, I can do it. Yeah, you can do it. So you, do you ever get to those points where you do think actually, no, I don't think I can do it. Um, I get to the point where it's like, I feel like I'm messing up. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I feel like I just can't do anything or I just can't get out of bed or I just can't do that I just Mm. feel like man maybe I am I'm feel like I'm really messing up today (laughs) this is a a really rough day and sometimes you just don't do all the things that you would normally do on those days because if you do you're just going to be a mess so the dishes don't get done or you don't do the laundry whatever it is to take something off your plate to make you be able to handle what's happening in the day do it just do it yeah the dishes can wait the laundry can wait take care of the people who are living around you yeah and that's it keep to the minimum don't push yourself to have too much stuff that you were having to keep on top of when actually you don't like really look at what is baseline here Because a lot of people, they think their baseline is up here and they can't handle their baseline. And so they try and keep their 
too much for too long and then they burn out and can't have then they burn out and it's harder to get out of that so if you if you bring it down just a little bit like yes i would love to have a spotless house all the time and i would love to have a clean car and i would love to have all these things but i love my children more Mm -hmm. (laughs) than that and so yeah i'm not super mom and i don't my house isn't always clean like and my car isn't always clean because if my kids never ate in the car, sometimes they wouldn't get to eat. So <laughs> there is definitely that. There's there's that. It's just people just need to be more realistic with what's what they expect of themselves. Definitely. What they expect of themselves. That's really useful to remind yourself, like because our expectations of ourselves are set oftentimes by other people. And what we think other people should yes. expect of us. Very true. So you just do what you can do. And on the days where you can have a clean house, celebrate those days. That's mm. great. And on the days where you can't, no big deal. Yeah. It's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. Or ask for help. Yeah. That's like so if important. You, if you can't function because certain things help people function better and it's different for everyone and if you can't get that done and take care of who you need to take care of just ask for help someone someone that loves you is always willing to help yeah I think we forget because we're always so focused on handling everything and all those expectations and asking for help is like a sign of weakness um, yeah, well, that's what and it's not do. because everyone wants to help. You just have to tell them because they don't know what to do. Like yeah. I always want to help people, but I don't know what to do. So if someone would just be like, "Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do for dinner. I'm going to bring you dinner. Like, don't worry about it." Or yeah, you know, anything. People are if if you give them the chance, people are usually good people yeah and want I, to help. I love what you just said that you want to help even given your circumstances all the things you're doing you're like you want to help you just want to know how and you want people to tell you oh I need some help let me yes. do it and I think people forget that like even the people who like helping they even forget there are other people out there who like helping too yes yes this is true and I I I am like that. I will go through phases of forgetting that other people want to help too. And that Mm -hmm. just like, I want them to tell me what they need. I need to tell other people what I need. Yeah. That would be helpful. Yeah. I felt that quite acutely over the years. So I um, would just the, the needing help. I've needed a lot of help and um, I've had to reach out for help a lot And I've always found it really hard to do that because I've felt like if I ask for help, that's okay. But then I can never help anyone else. I maybe haven't got the capacity to help other people. And I'm like, oh, so I therefore shouldn't ask for help because I can't do the quid pro pro. But then that's nonsense because I might not be able to help in the way that they're helping me. But I can help them in different ways at another time when I have capacity. And I've slowly got to recognize that. And I do offer people value with their time with me 
but it just doesn't look like the help that maybe a friend is offered. Like they can look after my kids for an hour or something. Right. And like, I maybe couldn't do that because I'm time poor, whereas <laughs> they might be time rich. Do you know what I mean? So we've all got different yes. things. And that's why everybody needs to have people in their lives, good people, because yeah. everybody has different talents and everybody can help everyone else in some sort of way. And it doesn't have to be big. It can be mm. small, little things. Like sometimes people just want someone that they feel like they can talk to and it's not going to get to someone else. Like they just need to vent Yes. or, yes. you know, just listening to someone is being helpful. Totally. Totally. I love that. So what, what do you do on a, on a hard day to get through? A hard day to get through is, let's see, outside, mm-hmm. get outside. You need some fresh air yeah. because mm-hmm. that's part of your problem. Try, try to get a shower because sometimes yeah. that just can make you feel better. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you don't get ready, just shower, put on some clean clothes, just do a quick one. Um, And then letting a lot of things go. Like, I just really try to focus on the kids. Like, I'll play games with the kids or we'll go on a walk or something like that, which usually ends up giving me more energy in the end and becomes less of a hard day. But even then, it's like, "Mm, I'm still drained the dishes, I'll do them in the morning, or I'll do the laundry in the morning, or I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to cook, I'm going to get pizza, like, yeah, whatever it is to cut things from draining you in the hard days, Mm. what I do, and sometimes some days are different than others, sometimes I cut out different things, but usually always try to make sure that, like, the kids know that, I'm, I'm here, like I'm still here, I'm having a rough day, but they now notice that I'm having a rough day and they want to help. It's okay to show them that you're having a That is really, really important, isn't it? To be showing yourself as human with our ups and downs, because if we don't show ourselves as human, that what are our kids gonna think? Like they've got to be superwoman. Or exactly as they grow up right they can't have emotions or they yeah. can't be sad or get frustrated I mean frustration obviously to a certain level so they understand that like even if you're frustrated you still need to maintain some sort of calm in the being frustrated mm. but showing them that parents aren't perfect is okay mm. I, yeah, I, I really, really feel that that is so such an important part of like because we're their role models. If we don't show the ups and downs of life and the fact like if you get something hard go happens and you actually have a way of dealing with it rather than just pushing it away or pretending it doesn't happen. Like I've heard people say that they don't um they don't cry in front of their kids or they don't show them emotions or whatever, they don't react. I'm like, what? No, because then you're like a robot. Yeah. And then how and can you be not? <laughs> no. And how can the children feel okay about expressing their emotions if you are showing them that it's not okay? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. 
have you ever had like any external pressure to actually like when you got pregnant again for presumably like the third well the third time with your with your fourth child or then again with your fifth and then again with your sixth did you have any (laughs) any external pressure or like judgment from anyone about that process oh yes everyone loves to have their opinions and I have been blessed with not really caring (laughs) about that Mm -hmm. because it's not really anybody's business and if someone else was raising my children and I couldn't handle it then that would be one thing but I was raising my own children Uh I wasn't like you know you know upset all the time and freaking out and not being able to you know keep my kids fed and dressed and Mm. things like that so people at least people who knew me stopped saying anything because I was going to do whatever I wanted to do anyway it doesn't it doesn't really matter. My mom was concerned only because I was having so many children in short period of time. And she was just worried about me just physically, you know, that can take a toll on your body. So my mom was always concerned, but it was, it wasn't out of, you can't take care of all of these children because she always tells me, I don't know how you do what you do. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't know how you do it. It was just more concerned because I'm her baby. So she just wanted to make sure I was I was okay. Other people try to do it out of um, kind of in a nosy fashion, like, why would you do this? Or why would you do it that way? Well, it's different Mm -hmm. from other people's ways, but that doesn't make it wrong. Mm. So that's kind of how I handled it. But yes, people like to have their opinions. Yeah, it's it feels like it's a free-for-all the second you get pregnant for the first time it's like oh okay everyone can have an opinion about every single thing you do from now on yeah and that's kind of not how it works and I just kind of shut people down with their opinions if you want to talk to me about stuff or ask me questions great if you want to tell me what I'm doing or what to do or that I'm doing it wrong I don't really need to waste my time that's that's awesome I want to have a bit more sprinkle of you Sandra (laughs) very inspiring I'm a little spicy I guess (laughs) I love it I love it okay so what I want to do um is some quick fire questions Sandra Okay. okay so what would you say is the worst thing about being a parent um potty training Oh God. <laughs> why why potty training? Why is that the word? Just it's um I mean I have it down to a science now, but I still right. the only reason why I have it down to a science is because I dislike it so much I don't want it to last very long. <laughs> so I streamlined it so it would make it less painful for me. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. It's just the mess it's it's trying to go places it's it's a lot of different things so I've found ways around it to make it better for me and for it to not last that long but I still really don't like it (laughs) (laughs) so what would you say in contrast to that is the best bit about being a parent oh gosh um I that that's a tough one Mm -hmm. watching them 
learn new things or do new things or say funny things like those are the best the moments those yeah the treasured moments perfect okay so parenting would you say it broke you down and lifted you up or a bit of both I say it made me be me right what do you mean by that um I always wanted to be a mom. Mm -hmm. So I guess lack for a better word, it made me feel complete. Yeah. Wow. Bless you. That's beautiful. What do you say? I'm going to make you cry again. I'm sorry. <laughs> my next question. I should have put tissues over here. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put it in my pre pre um, podcast info. <laughs> Bring tissues. Bring tissues. I'm going to make you cry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. What is your favorite thing about you? Um. Oh gosh. Let's see. So as I've gotten older, I've learned to like more things about myself. So probably being able to go with the flow, like everything can explode. Like you have all these plans and they're all out the window, but I got it. It's fine. So it's not what we planned. We'll do something different. It's okay. That I think... I think I like the most about me right now. I think that is awesome. And I've obviously through this conversation that's come up time and time again. And I, I love that about you. I think it's incredible. I aspire to be more, more Sandra. Like I'm going to call it more Sandra from now on. Gonna, oh, that gonna, is the best compliment ever. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be more Sandra in every day in every way I will become more like I will harness the power of Sandra's not giving a, a basically. basically that's just kind of how it goes yeah. I love that um what is the most important job of a parent do you think um I think letting them know that you're there even if they mess up yeah yeah for sure. Because then they feel like they can talk to you still. Mm. It's keeping those doors open, isn't it? And keeping that yes. love flowing. You don't want them to ever do anything that they think it's so bad that they can't even tell you about it. That would yeah. be the worst. Totally. Totally. It's so hard to instill that in your kids, though, I find. It it's a It's a lot of work, but it's definitely worth it because we've had a few of our friends be like it's so great that you can talk with your teenage daughter about that stuff like and you actually talk to her you don't just tell her what she should be doing mm -hmm. and you guys explain to her why things are certain ways and why you know this or that mm -hmm. and you still give her choices but you let her understand what the consequences are good or bad mm -hmm. from what she chooses and I think that that's, it takes a lot more time, 
it takes a lot more patience, but it's mm. worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So Sandra, that is it's been such a lovely time talking with you. Have you got anything that you would like to plug to tell us about? I wrote an ebook Ooh. for mommies who are having extremely difficult times with their picky eaters. Right. Because I have a several big twists on how you can make it not so stressful for you make it more fun for them. Mm. And it just makes it a little meal times can be stressful in general, just mm-hmm. because it's that time of day, Definitely. call it the witching hour. And I just decided, well, I have all these things that I've done over the years, I might as well put them all together and make them useful for someone. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Because so many people struggle for so long with picky eaters, fussy eaters. Yes. Yes. And there's a certain point where you need, there's a certain point where you would need, you know, there's certain things that medical attention is necessary Mm -hmm. when it gets to a certain point. And I, I touch on that in there because I've had one kid where I've had to, you know, have swallow studies done and speech therapy and, you know, certain things I've kind of with six kids, you kind of get to see a lot. Yeah, you do. You got, you do. You've got like you get a, to see a lot. And so I, I wanted it to be helpful and I called it the picky eater project and we'll awesome. see if it can help people. Well, that's, that sounds so wonderful. What we'll do is we'll put the details in the bottom of the, um, in the podcast so that people can, um, can check it out. Perfect. Oh, thank you so much, Sandra. It's been wonderful. Yeah, I'm going to totally harness my Sandra. Um, Every time, every time I'm like wanting to go into a whirlpool of something and I will say, no, be be more Sandra. Yep, you can only control you. So just. That's it. it. (laughs) That's it. Oh, that was so lovely. Thank you so much. It was so fun, even though you made me cry a few times. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. She has the handheld thing and she's holding it down below. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast with me, Beth Hardy. And if you want to connect with me more, you can get along to any of my socials, Your Family Wellbeing Coach on TikTok and Instagram. And you can find me at Stop the Triggers on Facebook. I hope to connect with you very soon. If you have a question that you want answering, we might be able to do a podcast all about that. So please do drop me a line. I'm so grateful for everyone who listens to this podcast. See if you can rate and subscribe so we can make it bigger and better every week. No